Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Subscribe to the only show that will show you how to apply the world's greatest ideas from the most striking minds. After presenting more than a thousand interviews, I couldn't be more compelled to introduce you to the Jordan Harbinger Show. We've got spies and CEOs, athletes and authors from Kobe Bryant to Malcolm Gladwell, Tony Hawk and Howie Mandel to the chairman of Google, founders of LinkedIn and Instagram, antiquities smugglers, con men, brilliant scientists, national heroes, and even the head of the CIA. Listed as Apple's best of 2018 and countless other awards that, let's be honest, you probably don't care about right now. So come and have a listen for yourself and join me as we exploit the superpowers of the world's most incredible thinkers, amazing achievers, and iconic change makers with their insights delivered right into your mind. You'll get that blueprint of their brilliance each week so that you can learn to live what you listen. Subscribe right now to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening now. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Support for Collider Factory comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Hey, guys, we've all been there, right? We have that special someone who says to us, hey, it's a little bit of a jungle down there. Can you shave it? We go and buy that uh, electric razor or some kind of thing that a barber uses. We go down there, start cutting, and next thing you know, we're all cut up and there's blood everywhere. Well, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. No more accidents, no more blood. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FACTORY at manscaped.com. Listen, you always want to use the right tools for the job. Let Manscaped guide you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FACTORY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. And don't forget to use that code FACTORY. Napa know-how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
It is Friday Fun Day today on Collider Movie Talk, and we're actually doing something a little different today. We are reviewing the movie The Kitchen, and then on top of that, we are talking about a video that just popped up on YouTube that does call into question, should we get an R-rated MCU movie? So we're going to discuss the content of that video and then where it left us with the answer to that question. Before we dive into any of this, I have to introduce my wonderful panelists. We have Angelique and Jabby back on the set today. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having doing? Us. So thrilled that you're both here today. Pretty good. Pretty I'm, good. I'm excited for the conversations we're going to have today. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. our off-screen conversations, they got kind of they got kind of salty, y'all. Yeah, we, like, <laughs> couldn't contain ourselves the minutes leading up to showtime. So I'm pretty sure we have a lot more thoughts left, and we'll, we'll be busy rehashing some of the other stuff we brought up because they're excellent points. So jumping right into it right now, we're going to give you a non-spoiler review of the new release, the Kitchen. Here is a brief synopsis. The Kitchen stars Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss as three 1978 Hell's Kitchen housewives whose mobster husbands are sent to prison by the FBI. Left with little but a sharp axe to grind, the ladies take the Irish Mafia's matters into their own hands, pro- uh, proving unexpectedly adept at everything from running the rackets to taking out the competitions. Dot, dot, dot. Literally. Okay. <laughs> Who wants to dive in first? I, I what did you, you think of the I kitchen? I just want to ask you guys a question okay. before we start. Right. What were your expectations on a scale of one to five? Like, how, how high were your hopes? Um, before the trailer came out, my hopes were probably like a four to a five. Okay. When the trailer fine. came out, I lowered them a little just because I could finally like see the full scope of it. So it was maybe like a three or four. I don't know if I could put a number on it. Whatever, Whatever's in the middle, because I try not to go into anything with my expectations through the roof, but yeah. I really do love these three leading ladies, yeah. so I had a lot of faith in them, and I was just hopeful about uh, Andrea Burloff's feature directorial debut. I saw the trailer, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep my... I'm going to reserve my opinion for now and hope yeah. that this is good, because I liked uh, Widows. Yep. I thought Widows was great, and I was like, oh, cool, this is sort of in that same area this could be this could be a good movie but there was this instinctual thing that said it's not going to be good it's going to be bad and then the uh, reviews came out and it was like a 20 percent on rotten tomatoes and then i watched it i was like you know what i don't hate it okay (laughs) okay i i I found redeeming qualities in there because i was going in expecting to absolutely loathe my experience what were the redeeming qualities uh, the acting from Melissa McCarthy. I yep. thought she actually did a good job. So I was like shocked that I actually enjoyed her performance. And uh, the other uh, Caucasian lady, I can't remember her name. But the Elizabeth letter. Moss. Elizabeth Moss. I liked her as well. However, uh, what's her name? Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah. I was like, she's always playing herself. I'm not going to say what happens, but her scene t- towards the end of the film, I enjoyed. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I will actually agree with you. That was... When I came out of the movie, I did feel like the three performances were the most redeeming part of the film. Um, I understand why they brought these three ladies together. I do think they have good chemistry together. Um, I do think it is very hard to have these two actresses who had initially built their brand so much on comedy, bringing them both into this dramatic uh, film, uh, especially because even in my screening, I felt like people were laughing at like, inappropriate times. I was like, guys, that they're not they're not trying to be funny here. And sometimes there was light which it helped mm-hmm. having their comedic chops there. But 
it didn't always like land the way they intended. I'm a it little to. torn on blaming that on just expectations based on how yeah. they built their career versus tonal inconsistencies in the movie. Fair. And yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that any movie has to box itself into you know just a comedy, just a drama, just a thriller. But this is a movie that tries to achieve many different things, mm-hmm. is not really successful in any single department, and then on top of that, it doesn't all come together. So there were certain moments where let's, and this is also like a gratuitously violent movie too which usually isn't all that off-putting for this horror lover but I was caught off guard by that but there were certain moments where it's a mafia movie how can you be well it is it's a it's a mafia movie and I know those kinds of uh questionable decision making and bad behavior is is almost a necessity but even though it's a necessity in a mafia movie you still have to justify that behavior and the movie comes nowhere close to ever doing that and it's weird because it kind of chooses when it wants to be gratuitously violent and when it doesn't like there's sometimes where there's violence that clearly is happening off screen that it sounds bad to say like you almost wish that they were just it, they were violent on screen more sometimes I, and I, it's hard to kind of Th- that get, scene you're talking about specifically i think was actually better off screen because it, it put it in your head what was happening where seeing it would have wouldn't have been quite as impactful it would have just been gross whereas when you're hearing it it's like, your imagination is doing the work for you, I think. There was a the- good deal of gross in this movie, though. <laughs> yeah. No, there was, for sure. It was structurally a bad film, I'll say that. Structure- like, yeah, that it- was one of the biggest problems for me. Not not only just story structure, but I kept noticing that there were no story or scene transitions. Yeah, it, it was just these, like, weird hard cuts that I- were just, like, bringing me into, like, the middle of them walking down yes. the street. They were yes. in the building, and then all of a sudden they're, like, not walking out of the building, but they're, like, on the street six blocks away. And there or- were some, it's like the middle of a conversation that I was like, where was the beginning? Yeah, the middle exactly. of the conversation was the problem because every once in a while I would get really sucked into a yeah. conversation. All of a sudden it would abruptly cut out and then sometimes it would abruptly cut not to like another fleshed out scene, but to something that would last like 15, 20 yeah. seconds exactly. where someone was just doing something. Yeah. I don't know if the intention was just to remind the viewer where that individual was at that given moment, but it certainly didn't feel necessary it felt, to me. It, it certainly felt clunky. It, I felt like a lot of the film was comprised of non-scenes. Mm. It was just stuff happening. Like, okay, here's an action, and then it cuts to another uh, part of the film where there's another action. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where an actress is inside of a, a new apartment, and then someone busts into the apartment to threaten her. And it's like, what was she doing before then? She was just standing around doing absolutely nothing. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm yeah, trying to I phrase it carefully. And also, I feel like that that scene like could have had, and, and I don't know, I haven't had anyone break into my apartment, so I would think that you would hear like them bust, like like knock or something first. There's like normally a build-up before all of a yeah. sudden someone just like, Bust your door down. Across the board, it seemed like they were having a very difficult time building any tension. And I have a feeling that has some sort of connection to the tonal inconsistencies and also just the formatting of the entire movie, which was all over the place. I just realized I didn't even finish the second half of my thought from earlier (laughs) because we had been talking about this earlier. And it's a good point to bring up is... People who are sitting in the movie and making certain assumptions about what they're seeing based on their filmography or the majority of their filmographies, but also the idea of even someone who hasn't watched a trailer saying, oh, a Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish movie, this has to be like, yeah, maybe it could be a mob movie, but it's a mob comedy. So I am just anticipating a lower cinema score for this one, not just because I think the quality of the movie is kind of piss poor, but also because I think many out there might have expectations based on what 
what they've done before. I, it, I wouldn't hold it against the film, though. I mean, Robin Williams did a lot of serious. Oh no, roles yeah, I, I definitely don't career. hold it no, against it's, the it's film. Yeah. It's just an observation. For, it's, it's great for trying, but at yeah. the same time, you do run the risk of like a drive esque lawsuit where right. people just like don't care enough to do any research about what they're going to go see, and then they go see it and they're like, "This wasn't what I paid for." Well, it actually was. Yeah, you just didn't look it up beforehand. Yeah, um, one hour photo was a pretty serious movie. You know, and, it was dark. And actually, I, I really, really champion um, <laughs> Tiffany, especially in this, like, being her first big dramatic mm-hmm. role. Um, I champion her for going as far as she did in taking on what is such a big challenge, doing this period drama. It's, uh, you know, a, a mob film. She really didn't just, like, oh, I want to do something where I'm serious and I cry and, like, it's depressing. Mm-hmm. I want to really, really try and go there. So, all for trying. Um, and I actually don't necessarily think she was bad. No, I thought she, I thought she was great. What I wrote in my review is that all three of them are great with what they have, but mm-hmm. it's all for naught because the rest of the movie is an absolute mess. Even Melissa McCarthy, I think she gives great dramatic performances. I've totally. seen a number of them at this point. She got an Academy Award nomination for one last year. Then I watch something like this, and I say, you're giving a good performance, but she has one particular beat towards the end of the movie where I just, like, no, no, nothing you did before that moment would suggest that your character would have that thought process in that moment, and then that behave, then then she's, like, patted on the back for making that decision. I, like, my mind could not accept that. You know <laughs> what I'm talking you about. So exactly what you're talking you about. are so upset. Because it, it made me so mad. Yeah. It went against so many pillars that the film tried to construct, and you know, I never want to say that I don't like a movie because I didn't get what I wanted from it yeah. plot-wise, but I look at this movie, and I was just really excited to see a movie about three strong leading ladies coming together and and making something with their abilities that were constantly being pushed down their whole lives. Yeah. And, you know, there there is a point towards the end. Of, I mean, this isn't even a spoiler, because, of course, with a movie like this, you have to have a little bit of distrust amongst the group. And I just thought that they took that so wildly out of control that it just killed any satisfaction I had with the last third of the movie. Hold well, on. I think also okay. the fact that this was in, like, an, I believe an eight-part comic book series that this was based off of, it didn't lend itself well to the shortened Mm-mm. form of the movie, because it seemed like they were trying to push all of those different character traits. And I actually, I know they changed a lot from the comic book series, but I I feel like they pulled a lot from beginning to end and they just didn't have maybe enough time. It felt like they just like chopped up scenes that they were like, oh, we've got to, we just got to really just like trim it down. Just maybe like lose 10 seconds. I just thinking of food puns. You're talking about chopped (laughs) and like there's something there. I I don't know what it is. I was curious about your feelings because I'm a dude. Mm -hmm. I was curious about your feelings about that church scene where Melissa McCarthy's talking to her dad. How you oh. felt about it. I'm not going to say where it is in the movie. I'm just going to... No, like, okay. No, <laughs> I didn't. I, I down in the world. Like I was not I okay like with it. that. How did you feel? I think I was frustrated most with this movie because it has such a strong feminist stance in terms of what it's supposed to say. And then I didn't feel like it stuck the landing in saying it. Well, it's mm-hmm. that, it, was, that scene was one of those parts. Yeah. It simply said it over and over. Yeah. It was, I'm not going to, you know, to, to the effect of, I'm not going to let you put me down again and again. I'm going to make something of myself kind of thing. But all they did was say that over and over. You never really got the feeling that they, you never really felt it like you should. I never really felt compelled to root for them in that respect. And yeah. there's only, well, with Melissa, you never actually see the opposite. You never actually see the disrespect or her being put down 
beforehand. You see it with the other two characters. You do for like a hot second at the very beginning of the movie. Oh, see, I clearly have forgotten because it wasn't yeah. impactful enough. Well it, well, it was because I feel like with the opening introduction, they were escalating it with everybody they oh. introduced and hers was just, you know, maybe the least offensive of the bunch. That was the, that's actually, I, I turned off at the at the opening introductions. And the reason why I turned off the opening introductions is because I felt like they nearly copied a scene from Widows, like, Mm-hmm. shot for shot with Elizabeth Moss and Elizabeth Debicki's introductions mm-hmm. in the film and it, it just really frustrated me because I understand that they're, these are two women who are in the exact same marital situation I will say um, but I just didn't love that it was the same visual back to back I was like oh now you're giving me like direct references to the movie that you don't want to be compared to yeah the visuals didn't work for me either and the one example that comes to mind is there's one scene again towards the end of the movie where it's a one on one conversation I just thought the, the visual style wasn't really on point I like the atmosphere I like the 70s atmosphere that they set up at the very beginning but this particular conversation it was almost like their eyeline was too dead into the camera and I was mm. distracted by that so there's issues across the board, story structure, uh, tonally, also with some of the some of the uh, technical elements like like that. It's it's all over the place you, with this one. I, I'm surprised you said it has a visual style at all. <laughs> like to me, it just didn't. I, I think, think that... it was more atmosphere, set dressing, and costume okay, design gotcha. that gave yeah. it that style yeah. and the atmosphere. The production design just, was actually pretty incredible. I just hated the way it was shot. I was just yeah. like, it's such a like for being based on a comic book, especially. I'm like, this is such a boring framing. Like the whole movie, the camera doesn't move at all. I'm like, why is it shot this way? I, I had I had a friend who actually also suggested in terms of the comic book as well that maybe we needed a little more exposition of explaining how their mob family worked, who people were, just like maybe some of more of that versus jumping us in. I don't, think that I don't know helped. if I agree or disagree. I don't but... think that would have helped at all. But um, one redeeming quality about the film was that there was a couple of surprises, you know, a couple of like unexpected someone gets shot kind of thing. I mean, I, mean, I wasn't alone. No, there, there I wasn't was no, alone. I was surprised. Okay? Because, I know what you're talking because about. Because the, the whole theater got surprised about the same stuff. Like, there was yeah. a couple in the movie where I heard the whole theater go, <gasps> and I'm There's like, surprises I know, for sure. I can't, like, refute that point. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know if I would call them redeeming That's surprises. A redeeming quality. I mean, well, it's not a redeeming surprise. It's a redeeming quality insofar as I wasn't expecting it to happen, and it did. It kept me in the movie. So, from yeah. when I had gotten to the point where I was kind of like, I don't know. I was like, oh, this is something. This is something to, like, get jazzed about. Like, really bring me back in. And no, again, it didn't stick the landing. I am getting the sense that it's almost like a backhanded compliment. Is that what we're getting no, at here? No, the, the thing, okay, the one you and I are thinking of. Okay. I actually appreciated that plot twist because I was like, that was so unexpected for them to do. Like, okay. to go that direction with the movie. We're talking about the one that I got really heated about a couple minutes ago, right? <laughs> Yeah. There's so many of them. There were so many moments that I'm like, no, all, all you did not is, just do that. All I can say is Donald Gleason, whatever his name is, yeah. is, is in the scene. Donald Gleason. There's He's another, so good. There's another good so performance good. in the movie. I mean, if if anything in the story worked for me, it's that I believed their chemistry and I was a little charmed by that. His I, chemistry with Elizabeth Moss. I really enjoyed that storyline and I enjoyed... That was actually, to me, the most, like, female... I don't want to say it was the most female positive, but it really was in that this was a really... Um, it was a mentor-mentee relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't so much that, like, he thought that, you know, oh, let me teach, like, the little woman how to do this. You know, you don't know what you're 
talking about. Yeah. He actually did respect the fact that she wanted to learn how to their, their, be a murderer. Their relationship was very much a punch drunk love kind of relationship, yes. and I appreciated that. But I, I did not want to like him. I did like him, but I didn't want to because I'm like, we have no shortage of American actors who can play that role. There are so many who can play that Irish guy from New York. We've got a ton. Why, why him? Why can't you let the Irish guy play the Irish guy from New York? Just because it's like, being in the industry, I can see just how many people are like vying for the same roles, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's an American actor that could have done that just as good. So that that annoyed me just on like on another level. Well, considering okay, the Sam response Jackson. the movie seems to be getting critically and how it looks to do at the box office this weekend, maybe he actually, uh, you know, he spared them all of an opportunity <laughs> like this. All right, we have to wind this down now. Is everybody giving this a thumbs down? I definitely am. I'm giving it a Zangief thumb sideways. Okay. So. <laughs> I, I feel like if you really want to go see it, you definitely still should. I, but I personally. I think my hopes... I'm going to go if my hopes were too high. I'm going to blame myself. Um, what? I don't even understand how that works. You have to break I, that down for me. I just... I, I really I really thought that this movie had more potential, and I'm, I think, more upset that it didn't live up to my potential. Mm-hmm. Um, no need to blame yourself, though, yeah. because we're all human. We all have hopes and expectations, and that's, that's what makes everybody's uh, voice... That's why we pay like, to go to the movies. Uh, that's what makes everybody's be, voice necessary yeah. in the critical space. Yeah. That's why you can't just go to one reviewer and one reviewer only and always expect for your opinion to be in line with that person. Everybody's coming at it from a different perspective. Yeah. But it almost feels meta that you're saying that. I blame myself. I don't know why I'm in that situation. <laughs> All right. I'm not putting myself into the movie, okay? All right, guys, we are moving on from our review of The Kitchen. And before we get to story number two, which is R-rated MCU movies or the possibility of some, we have some content coming your way this weekend on the Collider Video YouTube channel for you to check out. Here's a promo for Mailbag. Hey everyone, John Roca here, the host of Collider Mailbag. New episode drops every Saturday and Sunday in your face and in your ears, answering the questions from you fans about the world of entertainment, film, and television. Me and great guests from our sphere do the best to answer your questions from Twitter, from Instagram, and of course, email as well, every Saturday and Sunday. On top of that, I also have to remind you about our Brightburn Fan Art Contest. What's going to happen is you submit artwork, and then on an upcoming episode of Comic Book Shopping, Jackson Dunn, the star of Brightburn, is going to pick a winner. All the details are over on Collider.com, so check it out and enter to win. All right, story number two. The Corridor crew just shared a brand new video on YouTube showing what the opening battle in Captain America Civil War would look like if the movie was R-rated. A little bit of a hat tip to Screen Rant for this one because that's where I first caught the video. So thanks to them for pointing it out. But I was kind of blown away by this. I'm just very impressed by their operation, period. But I found it funny that I had an interesting reaction to the video in that even though I was very impressed by their work, as they first started to work on it, I'm like, no. Even though, again, I like R-rated fair and horror, I'm like, I don't like this. I don't need this in my MCU movies. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, when they showed their finished product, I said to myself, wow, that was exhilarating. I had a lot of fun with that. I kind of want one now. Mm-hmm. Do either of you agree? Did you have the same experience with seeing, you I, know, blood and gore I in the MCU? I definitely had a similar experience because I was thinking, oh, I mean, this is going to be fine. Like, I love Deadpool. Like, I love seeing it be very gritty and... Then by the time I made it to the end, I was like, no, I think I think there's a reason why I don't like seeing it in my MCU movies. I like that suspension of disbelief that, you know, this is not as deadly and so vicious you are the as opposite. possible. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way as huh. her. I, I was kind of like happy that I yeah. don't have to see people's entrails. 
ass and yeah. like <laughs> massive blood no, spatter. I completely agree with that because for me, it doesn't enhance the story at all. It doesn't enhance the action. For me, it's a cartoon, and I don't need like gore in my cartoon to enjoy it. No, it's a fair, a fair, fair point. Yeah. I mean, it definitely did nothing for the story per se. It could. I think my excitement by the end of it could have just been from seeing very well-constructed VFX work sold extremely well and just the satisfaction of leading up from all their hard work to that finished product too. So that might be what's affecting my final opinion (laughs) a little bit, but I still, I still think I wound up in a place thanks to this video where I'm like, maybe there is, there's a possibility. You got to branch it off into a completely different arm. It can't be associated with the MCU as we know it, but maybe there's something there. There is something to be said for the realism. Like, it is, it is re- it, that is kind of the, the biggest knock against, like, a whole superhero Marvel movie is that it's like, that's not how anything really works. But, yeah, I mean, it, they did an incredible job, I will I say that. I don't know. I feel, I feel concerned about if that were to be the norm, yeah. where that would go. It's just like now, because we get so desensitized to a certain level of violence. Like, we're on Mortal Kombat 11, and it's like, it's not impressive anymore when you see guts and bones and stuff being pulled out of bodies you know and so for that to be part of the mcu it's like i just want to leave that alone leave it as it is it's understandable i mean gore and blood and guts and stuff in any movie you just have to justify it otherwise that's when you could throw in the the term torture porn when it's just gore for the sake of gore and that is not the kind of gore i like so as long as it serves the story well i'm all in but you know, I don't I don't think Disney is ever going to touch Absolutely anything not. close to this. <laughs> I do think that there is a point in the future when we're going to see and we we uh, spoke about this earlier in the week because we were talking about David Leach's comments regarding Deadpool and what rating that character needs. Yeah. And I think I'm at the point where I do think in, let's say, like four or five years, Disney will introduce some sort of, you know, an offshoot branch, like another sub studio that, you know, like they used to have, where that's where we're seeing some, you know, riskier, more adult fare. Absolutely. And it seems like Disney, even with buying Fox and everything that's going on there, they're positioning themselves to make that happen for sure. Yeah. You think it's going to happen? Yeah. I, okay. I, was, I was well. This whole time, I was thinking about Deadpool. Well, do you <laughs> yeah. do you think we're going to end up with an R-rated Deadpool under the Disney umbrella, or are those days oh, done yeah, for, for that sure. character? I think, I think we will. But to. I was just thinking about the violence in Deadpool mm-hmm. and how when it happens, I'm like, I put up with it. I don't love it. It's okay. like I, I put up with it for the comedy and the action that I enjoy. I'm not necessarily like championing the violence. I know it's part of the Deadpool comic, and it's. It's fine because it's honoring that mm-hmm. comic, but I don't love it. And I was actually disappointed that the PG-13 version of Deadpool completely failed. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. see it, but it's like, of course it didn't work. Is there, whether it's superhero or not, is there an R-rated action movie where the action paired with like extreme gore really works for you? I'd have to think about that. It would take me a minute. Like John Woo movies, like Face Off, work for me. Yeah, like have you ever seen like The Raid and the the night comes? The night comes for us is the first one that came to my mind. Yeah, The Raid is a long conversation that we don't have time for. Oh boy, (laughs) we have to have that conversation in the future. It's a good thing you stopped yourself there because we have some great uh, questions in the live chat right now. So right now, this one from Planeta Sophia is asking: In honor of the kitchen, name the best scene that took place in a kitchen. Oh, 
Oh. I can't even remember a single one. I'll Go give ahead. you guys you a quick... I, okay. I don't have one. This is just the only scene that came to my mind. And this... I, oh, my God. I can't believe I almost... Okay. I'm going to give you, like, a look into my mind at this moment. The first thing that came to mind was the uh, the wasp scene and Ant-Man and the wasp in the kitchen with, you know, the throwing oh, knives and yeah, her spinning and all that. But how was the first thing that... Two things. The first thing I should have said was the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park, which is hands down not just one of the best kitchen scenes I've ever seen in my life. One of the best like suspense scenes hands down across the board and then on top of that you could also loop in the kitchen scene in scream that conversation that back and forth when i was in film school we had one assignment early on where we were supposed to take one of our favorite scenes and do it in one shot and i chose that scene and for a really long period of time after that there was like fake blood smears (laughs) all over my wall but i was okay with it because i love that scene isn't the raids two's final fight scene in the kitchen it's in a kitchen, right? I can't remember. I think it's in a kitchen. For but... whatever reason, I can only picture the night comes for us right now. Oh, okay. Which, which, well... eh, not a kitchen scene. That one has like a meat locker scene. But Jurassic Park, I think, would be my pick. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I didn't realize the. Pretty... I didn't realize the question was opening up a to all movies. Commercial kitchen. Counts. Yeah, I thought. I thought it was just the kitchen. <laughs> oh, not in this movie. No. Yeah, no. No, yeah. no, no. Cle- oh, clearly, no. I've only seen one movie with a kitchen because I'm going to yeah. bring up. Uh, Oh, gosh, I'm going to bring up Mr. and Mrs. Smith again because, oh. that, again, it's my favorite fight scene. So a lot of that fight scene takes place. Okay, that's a good one. And the makeup. Uh, how about Mrs. Doubtfire? Or is it action scenes? Or it could be anything. Or any oh, scenes. Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a good scene, yeah. actually. I, lo- I love that whole movie. Yeah. Any scene from Mrs. Doubtfire is yeah. always a good answer to any question. It's All just right. interesting watching Perry because it looked like I was watching Inside Out take place right, <laughs> right in front of me. I can't tell if this comment is coming from Dorian or from someone in the chat. Dorian is saying Kill Bill. Okay. Oh, I, like th- I like that you duh. made that call there. Um, all right. Let's grab one more question before we have to say goodbye today. John Myers is asking, based on the kitchen film format of cast and premise, what three actors that have never acted together as a trio would you like to see? That's a big question. Oh, that man. is a big, big I don't even question. Know where to start with that. I think at this um, point, I go straight to um, like up and comers that I just want to see get more work. So I have absolutely no reason for pairing any of these individuals together. They are just the three names that I'm most excited for. I want to see hit it big. And they are all part of our Collider Spotlight series. Kelvin Harrison Jr., who just starred in Loose. Oh I think he is incredible. Samara Weaving, who you can see in Ready or Not on August 23rd. And then Jesse Buckley, who is freaking phenomenal in wild rose my answers are gonna be my answers boring okay. and i'm sure yours is more exciting no, than mine so I don't let me think l- so. let me go next so uh, daniel day lewis with uh, ellen bernstein hmm. and ethan hawk all three of them together because those are like actors i would just love to watch again and again okay. and again yeah so um i'm gonna start mine off with elizabeth debicki yes um oh man i want to i want to grab a... it's okay you've already oh, won elizabeth with elizabeth debicki florence Pugh, and Ah, I need a like I need a guy. Any any ideas, anybody? Ethan Hawke. Actually, I would be okay. He, he could be. He could play their dad. Okay. I I really like Ethan Hawke, so that could be kind of fun. What about another woman? I like the I like the pairing of the. Why don't you take my Jesse Buckley? Okay. And put her with uh, Florence Pugh and Elizabeth Debicki. Let's do it. I feel like any movie with any of those individuals attached, I am sold and going to see it. All right. 
So Perfect. we've got some we've got some good names for you to check out, and we've got a review of the kitchen. And also, please, if you haven't done so already, go on over to uh, the corridor crew and watch their video. It's a twenty minute video, and really, really the whole thing is very well done. I was very impressed. So highly recommend you check that out. They make a lot of great videos, by oh. the way. I mean, uh, they just make such. I had to stop myself yeah. from going down that rabbit yeah. hole yeah. so I could be prepared for this show. But th- <laughs> I definitely flagged them, and I'm going to yeah. start going through some of their stuff for after the show. Seriously, yeah. there's all. Always homework, wonderful homework to yeah. do. Jabby, Angelique, thank you so much for spending your Friday afternoon with us. Cody, thanks for your help today. Dorian in the live chat, as always. And to everybody out there, please like and share this episode before you leave. You have mailbag over the weekend, but then we will be back Monday, 3 p.m. PT Live with a brand new episode for you. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa Full Synthetic Motor Oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.